Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. We are excited that you're listening to the Activate podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. My name is Brandon, and today I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead pastor of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. Let's let's jump in, uh, Pastor Christian. We've launched a series last week on um, on money. Uh, and uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback so far from the series, but I am really intrigued with this weekend's message title. Um, it's entitled Downton Abbey Dollars. Can you help those people that haven't heard the message yet connect some of the dots? Yeah, and for people who haven't seen Downton Abbey, I mean, I, I just want you to know first, I've never seen La La Land, right? I haven't seen The Greatest Showman yet. I'm not into all of the musicals. Yes. And the chick flicks, but several years ago, my wife got me watching the show called Downton Abbey, right. uh, which is a show about this, you know, wealthy English family living right around the time of the Titanic, uh, heading into kind of and through the First World War. Uh, and you get to see kind of old English living sure. that allows us to understand a biblical term that we introduced in our message this week, stewardship. Uh, you know, I, I don't know anybody in our congregation, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to think in my mind. I don't know that I've ever met anyone who has a live-in butler. Like in my lifetime, I don't know that I've met anyone who has a live-in butler. I know some people who have maids, people who have, you know, folks who help manage the farm, but I don't know anyone who has a live-in butler. That but would when, be great. Yeah, but it would be wonderful, especially if it was Carson. You don't know what that means because you haven't watched a show. But for those who have watched a show, there's this butler, kind of the head butler in the house of the Downton Abbey family whose name is Carson. And Carson loves and cares for and is in charge of all of the property, all of the household employees, um, all of the material in the house, as if it's his own. He, he doesn't own any of it. I mean, he's just a servant, but he is in charge of all of it. And when you see the care and the concern that he has for it, that is a picture of stewardship, a word we introduce in our message this week. Kind of, it, it's the thought that nothing belongs to you, but everything is in your care. So we went back to the Lord's Prayer through the lens of David, praying this great prayer before he and his team set out to help his son build the first temple for the Jewish God in Jerusalem. Uh, and David kind of begins his prayer, how we end the Lord's Prayer by saying, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. You know, anyone who's ever said the Lord's Prayer has said those words, yours is the kingdom, yours is a power, yours is a glory forever. We've basically said, God, everything is yours. We say that, but we don't believe it. But to really understand how to manage finances God's way, to really understand the principles, we have to understand this principle of stewardship or taking care of things that are not ours, but they've been entrusted to us on behalf of the owner. That's why the title this week, Downton Abbey Dollars, because we want people who have seen the show to be the very best Carson, to understand everything they have has been given to them by God, but they are entrusted to really manage it well. Pastor Christian, this week in your message, you talked about finances and the connection to serving God. Could, how does those two connect? How does a series on finances help us focus on serving God. Yeah, so I would say this isn't a series on finances. Um, it's a series on serving God. Now, the area that we're talking about is finances, but but the sermon series 
is a sermon series on how to fulfill the spiritual responsibilities that God has given us. We ended our Death by Distraction series by saying to serve God is to really kind of focus in on having seven spiritual responsibilities, your relationship with Jesus, your physical and emotional health, your relationship with your spouse if you're married, your relationship and responsibilities with your children if you have kids, your best effort and results in your job, your service to and reliance upon spiritual community, and having hobbies that bring life. Like we would say, hey, what is the job description that God gives a Christian, a follower of Jesus? Like that's it. Those are the seven things that are real priorities. And when we look at what keeps Christians from really really getting A pluses in every one of those areas. What keeps Christians from really kind of focusing in on those areas? A lot of it is financial stress from not managing finances from a very early age, the way that God told us to manage finances. So God said, I've given you this job description as a follower of mine to love Jesus, to stay healthy physically and emotionally, to to have a great marriage, to really lead your family well, to have a job that you work hard in and you love and you have impact in, uh, to live within spiritual community, to do things that you enjoy, to have hobbies that you enjoy, and I'm going to provide you with enough money to do all those things really, really well if you manage finances the way I've asked you to manage finances. So this is not a series on managing finances. This is a series on serving God by loving Jesus, taking care of ourselves, really loving our families well, being engaged in spiritual community. But God said you can't really do that unless you manage your finances well, too. One of those things is always going to slip through the cracks if you find yourself serving money rather than serving God, uh, because our money doesn't tell us to put Jesus first, our physical and emotional health way up there, our families first. So it's a series on serving God, but managing finances in a way that allows us freedom and margin to serve God. That's so important. And you were talking about the challenges. Um, You gave us a, a challenge last week to begin to categorize our spending to, uh, excuse me, to spy on our money. This week it was to categorize our our spending, uh, but not in a way that looks like a budget. Could you, uh, for a moment, could you help us understand what we're really trying to help people do in this series? Yeah. So what we're really trying to help people do in this series is really hone in on their spiritual responsibilities and the disconnect between, for so many people, their spiritual life and their real life. You know, it's like I've got this spiritual life on Sunday. I might even have a spiritual bank account that I put 10% in. But my spiritual life and my real life are disconnected. And and we're saying that's not only unhealthy, it's almost impossible. So I, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point with our with our finance conference that we're going to do Saturday, March 3rd, with our finance class that we'll have for six weeks. I mean, we'll really get into teaching people how to budget and build a financially sound budget. But the focus of this series is not how much should you pay for lights and how much should you pay for water, but are you investing in the most important things? Like that's the, that's the purpose of this series to raise an awareness of, okay, last week, here's every dollar that I spent. You might remember, um, one of the men in our church came up to me and said, when I was 35, I didn't have a dollar in savings. I never had enough money. I was making $150,000 a year and I was spending $160,000 a year. And I had a friend say, you cannot change what you do not track. So we're asking people track your money, right? You, you can't know any changes you have to make until you track it. So last week we just said, spy on your money, find out where every dollar goes. 
This week, you should have a big list already made up. Now I just want you to go in and say, which of those dollars went to your relationship with Jesus? Which of those dollars went to your physical and emotional health? Which of those dollars went to your marriage? Which of those dollars went to your children? Which of those dollars may be helped in the development of you and your work? Which of those dollars went to helping or being with spiritual community? Which of those dollars went to hobbies that you enjoy? And I think what people are going to see is none of my money goes to the things that are most important spiritually. Unless I'm really, really intentional, the reality is I've got a job, I've got bills, uh, you know, I've got, I've got things to pay, I've got loans to pay off, and the reality is I'm working really, really, really hard um, to make a living, but all of my money is going to things other than the things that are absolutely most important. Like we said in January, all of my time is going to things other than the things that are most important. We want people to realize you have to make time for the things that are most important. And I want people to see, listen, your money will never go to the things that are most important if you don't tell it to. So you got to track your money. Then you have to tell it where to go. We'll help people build budgets in our finance conference and our finance class. But the goal of this series is inspire to inspire people to put these seven things number one in their life and to manage their time and their treasure around these things because they are what matter most. So that was really good. I love how you connected the challenge from January to the challenge from this past Sunday. Yeah, it's the exact same challenge. It's it's the whole it's the same challenge all year long. Times are refreshing, right? Peter says in Acts three nineteen when you begin to follow Jesus, you experience times of refreshing. We have a lot of people following Jesus who aren't experiencing times of refreshing because because to follow Jesus is to prioritize some things over another. They've not done that yet with their time. They've not done yet, yet that yet with their treasure. Uh, and we believe if they can do that every month, we can help people experience a little more times of refreshment. Our goal in this podcast is to activate our faith in all areas of life. And what I'm finding with your challenges and these challenges that we're participating in is that it provides us points of conversation that we can have in everyday life with the people that we do life with. And I was with my men's group last night and we went through all of the priorities again for two consecutive weeks. It's just a great conversation point. Now to add the financial piece to that, it's going to be powerful. It should be huge. And the cool thing about these priorities when you're talking to people who are Christians, um, and not everyone who maybe listens to this podcast is a Christian, we hope you're understanding what a Christian worldview is by listening to this podcast. But when you're a Christian, I haven't met very many Christians who said, those aren't my priorities. I mean, not only does the Bible point it out, and if we believe the Bible has authority from God, we believe that. But most people just in their soul, they're like, yeah, Jesus, my physical health, my emotional health, my marriage, my kids, my, my job, um, my spiritual community, my friends, uh, my hobbies. Yeah, those are those are absolutely the most important things. I cannot let everything else in life swallow them up so that I don't pay attention to them. So we're going to keep going back to those because we want people to win in those areas. We believe that is the job description of a follower of Jesus. So, Pastor Christian, in your message this weekend, you gave two warnings from Solomon about not chasing wealth. Why is this important and why is Solomon such an experienced voice for this information? It's really ironic that Solomon is the one teaching us not to pursue wealth, right? We talked about Proverbs 23, 4 and 5, where Solomon says, don't wear yourself out to get rich. Don't trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone for they surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Solomon says, listen, don't wear yourself out 
just to be rich because all that money is going to go away. And sometimes it goes away really, really quickly and you don't have anything left. Solomon also said in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. I need more. I, I don't have any peace. I don't have any time for friends or family. I don't have any time to work out and take care of myself. But man, I've got two handfuls. Solomon says, so what? Why is it so ironic that Solomon gives us this kind of advice? Because he is the guy who wasted away not only his life and his family, but his kingdom in the pursuit and in the gathering of things. He became probably the richest king that ever ruled in Israel, one of the wealthiest men in his time in the entire Middle East. And at the end of his life, you know, we call Ecclesiastes his deathbed diary. He's looking back at his life saying, man, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time chasing more stuff because I lost my family. I lost my kingdom. You know, David, when you read through the reign of his dad, David, uh, you hear a lot of things that David did as king, but you see entire chapters devoted to his mighty men, his friends, the people he did life with. Nowhere do you ever see a friend of Solomon mentioned, much less 30 friends of Solomon mentioned. I think Solomon, if he had it to do all over again, would have spent a little less time chasing money and would have spent a little more time loving people and being with people. So I think I think we have a great and ironic person to tell us uh, from experience, listen, don't do this. Uh, I could have had one handful and a whole lot of peace, but I went after two and I lost the one too. Um, man, don't wear yourself out to get rich because I spent a lot of nights and weekends away from home and family and friends so I can make a little more. And at the end of the day, it's just not worth it. So so Solomon is an ironic, but a very experienced voice to be able to speak into these areas of our life and and tell us, listen, the way way you process your extra um, shows really who and what you're serving. And Solomon said, man, a lot of people are serving money. I was one of those. Don't be like me. Pastor Christian, one of the statements you've made a couple times in this series that I so appreciate um, is that this is a teaching not from what God wants from us. It's actually what God wants for us. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so often when you talk about money in a church, people think, oh boy, church just wants my money. But then they go deeper than that. You know, God just wants my money. And they they kind of see God as a as a bill collector. They see God like the IRS. And that's not God's heart at all. The Bible doesn't teach about money because of what God wants from us. It teaches about money because of God wants of what God wants for us. What does God want for us? He wants us to have time and margin and treasure to invest in Jesus. He wants us to have time and margin and treasure to invest um, in ourselves. He wants us to have time and margin and treasure to invest in our marriage and in our children. He wants us to have time and margin and treasure to really invest in doing a great job at where we're employed. He wants us to have time and margin and treasure to invest in spiritual community around us and in the community that we live in. He wants us to have time and margin and treasure to invest in things like hobbies that we really, really enjoy in life. And God says, not until you get a hold of money and you don't serve it, not until you serve me instead of serving money, are you really going to figure that stuff out? So God God teaches us to give, but giving is nothing more than like the true north on the compass. Giving 
it reminds us every time of gratitude. Giving every time reminds us that we're responsible for what God has given us. Giving every time reminds us that we're accountable for what we have. Giving reminds us to honor God, and remembering to honor God helps remind us to honor the things of God that are most important in life. So giving, you know, it, it, God God may get 10% out of giving, but we get the other 90% and so much more of that in life if we can just kind of allow our finances to revolve around God. Um, but it's not what God wants from you. I hear people say, you know, well, God wants all my money. Listen, if God wanted all your money, he would take all your money. Yeah, like he doesn't have to wait on us to give him permission to take our money. If God wants it, he'll take it. He doesn't want anything from us. He wants something for us. And when we can understand the biblical principles of finances, uh, our physical health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our family health, um, our friendship health, uh, our enjoyment of life, all those things go up. Those are things that are for us, that God wants for us. And, and money and learning how to manage money God's way is really a big part of that. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but it being in this series on finances and money, I'm actually looking forward to two more messages yes. on this. We're, yeah. we're learning so much from this, and, and, and which is counterintuitive to a lot of other individuals who have said, oh, not another series right. on money. Right. Yeah. And in the next two weeks, we're going to look a little bit at how we what what we're doing to live above our means there's a healthy way to live on more than you make and there's an unhealthy way to live on more than you make and we're going to look at the heart behind why you know why why do we need more than god has given us we're going to take a really good look at that and then the final week of the series we're going to see paul through first timothy tell us that he wants us to be rich he wants us to be rich um, you say, you going prosperity gospel on us? You going to ask us to buy a jet for the church? Nope, not, not that way. Not, not that way, Rich. But Paul says God wants you to be rich in some things. So we're going to talk about how having a healthy biblical view of money and then managing our finances God's way allows us to be rich in other ways that are really the most important currency that there is spiritually. So I'm really excited for the next two weeks and what we're going to learn. And I'm excited for our people to maybe begin to know themselves a little better and to give them some great ammunition, to give them some great resources to go talk to their friends who might be broken because they're broke or some things in their lives might be breaking because they're broke and they're just sick of living spent. Uh, I hope to equip our people to be able to help their friends and family members that are like that. Pastor Christian, we're looking forward to it. And we want to thank you again for listening to the podcast. We hope our conversation today has been helpful to you. And again, if there's anything we can do to help you in any way, or just to answer a question that you might have, send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. We'll hope to catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.